Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 19 of Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today, wherever you're tuning in from. I'm your host, as always, Robbie Cox. Now, as you all know, Tuesday is New Zealand Day here on Off the Blocks in Season 3. And today we have one of the best Kiwi superstars in the pool at the moment, Mr. Daniel Hunter. I caught up with Dan a few weeks ago on Zoom and discussed what he's been up to during the pandemic, his early days in the pool over in New Zealand, his fantastic career so far, training in Australia, New Zealand swimming at the moment, and a whole lot more. So put your AirPods in, turn the volume right up, because Ep 19 with Daniel Hunter starts now. Take your mind. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Joining me today on the show is one of New Zealand swimming's biggest stars. He's the current national record holder for the 50 and the 100 freestyle, and he's competed at World Champs, Kong Games, and is one of the current crop helping New Zealand uh, get back on the map in a very big way. It's a massive welcome to Off the Block Swing podcast to Daniel Hunter. Dan, how you going, mate? Good, mate. How you doing? Yeah, very good. Very good, mate. Uh, the coffees are kicking in, so I'm ready to rumble. Um, first, before we start, where have we caught you today? Uh, just at home in between sessions. So had a, had a pretty easy one this, oh, this morning and uh, heading in for probably a pretty tough one this afternoon. So got me at a good time. <laughs> Post-nap, so a lot of energy. <laughs> mate, how did the Olympics being pushed back affect you? Um, obviously, it's affected a lot of people in, in many different ways, um, depending on what you're at. So some people were injured. So to them, it was a silver lining. They were like, fantastic. I've got another year to get ready. And some people were, you know, training the best they've ever trained and, you know, posting times in training that we would see them probably look at doing big PBs going into trials. What about for yourself? Yeah, I was probably sitting on that kind of that ship of being uh, hitting some pretty good times. Uh, a few few in-season PBs probably a month out from our trials. So I was feeling really ready to race. So it was obviously a big setback of mine uh, for me. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely tough. I was hoping to kind of have a good, good solid crack at, at racing and, and just a good hit out. And, you know, it's been now a year since we've fully tapered down for a meet because I didn't do a short course meet at the end of last year. Um, so it was, it was a bit disappointing that we uh, were unable to race trials and then obviously Olympics being called off as well was, was super rough. <clears throat> Mate, you mentioned before before we started this that you, you got to go home though through COVID. So that must have been a, a nice little silver lining. You got to be, spend some time with the family. Yeah, yeah. Obviously always appreciate family time. Uh, don't get much of it now that I'm living over in Oz. It's uh, maybe a couple of times a year if I'm lucky to get back home and see everyone. So to spend four weeks just not having to worry about training or anything was was pretty awesome. Uh, even the sisters made an appearance. They're, they're normally down south and they got to come back up as well. So it was all, all of us up together. So it was pretty awesome. Very nice. What about training though through that period of time? You might have had, say, two or three weeks completely off, but did you get up to much? Did you get a home gym? Did you get access to anything? What was training like through <laughs> that period? 
Um, so for the first week, so we had, I was there for four weeks when we were in official lockdown. And for, for us, it meant that we were in, in, in house and the only time you're allowed to leave was essential exercise or supermarket shopping. So, um, or, or if you were an essential worker. Um, for the first week, I was lucky enough that we, I live quite close to a beach and we were swimming. Um, but uh, we, a week went by and we were out swimming one day and the police boat actually pulled us up. <laughs> and uh, ordered, ordered us out of the water and said that we, uh, we were at risk of drowning. So that was uh, quite comical because it was probably the flattest you've ever seen in the ocean. Like there was no no sign of a rip or anything like that. It was it for anyone who's listening that knows St. Helier's Beach. It was it's probably never had anyone drown there in the history of <laughs> in the history of New Zealand. Um, so for the first week, I was lucky enough to be doing that. Um, after that, obviously had to sort out in other ways of kind of staying fit. Uh, the day before lockdown, my sister was lucky enough to grab me a set of dumbbells. So I had something to kind of, you know, do, to do something and, and try and keep a bit of strength and was messaging all my mates who were PTs saying, hey, can you help me out with some exercises <laughs> to kind of, to, to, that I can do while I'm, this is all I've got available, um, which was really awesome. Everyone kind of coming together during that time, all people who just got too much time on their hands. <laughs> so <laughs> happy to help out. Um, and then, oh, sorry, lost my phone. Um, and then yeah, right. it's also attempting to um, attempting to do some running uh, that that lasted maybe two or three runs and that was all over. Yeah. I started getting like sore hips and sore legs. The body just wasn't quite ready for it. And on top of that, was doing a bit of cycling as well, which was I actually really enjoyed doing a bit of cycling. That was probably the best part of it. Mate, that guy that pulled you up and said you're at risk of drowning. Did you did you say like, mate? Do you know who I am? I'm I'm the <laughs> national record holder for this country. What are you on about? I'm at risk of drowning. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't quite fly in New Zealand. You probably still sit there and say who, who? <laughs> even if I said that. Um, but I, I, I kind of just I was very uh, very polite about it and, and did as I was told. I I understand that they're just the messengers, so. They were just they were just trying to help out, but I was swimming with someone who I won't name, who uh, who definitely had a bit of a go at him. So that was that was <laughs> she she had my back, so that was great. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, I know you live and train on the Gold Coast uh, at Bond. Talk to me about you know how that came about and and what brought you over. Um, yeah, so I was it was actually before Com Games in 2018. Um, I wanted to initially just go over there and like kind of acclimatize myself and see how I would go with training um, training over there because obviously we knew that we'd be racing not in the peak of summer but towards the back end of summer so we knew it was going to be warm um, so I came over for about a month and was training with Rich um, and some of the guys who are still there now um, and we were we were training or well, training there and pretty much got a taste of it and figured I really like kind of like the group I liked how I was pushing myself um, when I was back in NZ I was, I love training as well, but I just mm. had no one that I, I was kind of trying to stay in front of everyone and didn't really have anyone to chase. So I really liked having those, some of the boys around me um, that were just really pushing me and bringing out the best of myself. Um, and then, so afterwards I made the really difficult decision of saying like to myself that I thought that was what was best for my progression as an athlete. Mm. Um, and yeah, ended up, ended up moving over. Mate, did you play any other sports growing up? Obviously, uh, you know, being in New Zealand, we've got rugby, cricket. Yeah, I think everyone everyone gets forced into rugby when you're a, a Kiwi kid. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I played that for a while. I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a tough game though, especially uh, especially when you're a scrawny little kid mm. <laughs> and you're playing on the field with a few big, bigger boys. Um, and then on top of that, I played water polo for quite a few years, um, but ended up dropping that just because it was ruining my stroke, basically. Yeah. Um, but really, really enjoyed that. It was a fun sport. 
um, did basketball for a while. I'm six seven, so that was kind of inevitable that I'd that I'd get asked to kind of do that. <laughs> um, uh, and I think that's I think that's all. So yeah, a few different sports, but I think swimming, like as you know, it's quite a time commitment. So that kind of took over, and and that was the became the primary thing. I think after I kind of made nationals in 2016 and and won my first national medal. What drew you towards swimming as a young fella? Uh, probably mum, I think. She she kind of said to all of us kids that we had to be able to beat her in a swimming race um, to be able to, to to be able to stop. Just because New Zealand, like, you, we've got such high drown, drowning stats. Yep. And we were often going down to the beach, of, um, our local beaches, Whangamata, um, or we've got a, a beach house down there. And uh, she just wanted everyone to be competent in the water so that she kind of knew that she could leave us and not, not be too worried about it. Um, but yeah, she, she wasn't too much of a challenge, managed to, <laughs> managed to beat her probably by the age of 10. <laughs> and then, and then after that was kind of just the, kind of the environment that I created, I guess, or that was created with a few of te- uh, the teammates that I was with. And, you know, it just became enjoyable to turn up to training and kind of, and, and like as enjoyable as swimming can be. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was good fun. So I just slowly enjoyed it and then got to the point where I got kind of good at it. So kept going. What about heroes and idols, mate, growing up? Did you have anyone that you looked up to? Oh. Um, I mean, you always look at the greats. Like, obviously, you've got, like, Phelps and, and guys like that, um, which is just pretty awesome. And then you'd go to nationals and, and, and things like that and, and watch them. Um, not really anyone that, like, really stands out for me. Um, yeah, as a, as, a, as, as a pure idol. Just, I guess, dad would be the cliche one. He was always working really hard, and so I appreciated his work ethic and, wanted to kind of follow in that, those footsteps, but in a different path in a way. In terms of competition and, and getting a little bit more competitive, would you say it was around that 2015 year that you sort of really started to switch on? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It was, yeah. 2000, it was when I was 16. So gosh, I can't do maths right now, but um, yeah, when I was 16 was my first open nationals. Cause the year before I was like in, or two years before that, I didn't even make div two, which is for anyone in New Zealand will, no, that's not really much of an achievement. I mean, it's a, it's a significant achievement, but compared to making nationals, you know, and then so yeah. I didn't make Div 2, made Div 2, and then made my first ever national team and managed to somehow win a gold medal as well. Um, one of my, who would then become teammates, um, actually false started in the 53, which got me the win. So that was <laughs> Corey Main, if you're listening. I'll still remember that. <laughs> Now, um, as a youngster, yeah. did, did you struggle with anything? Maybe it might have been, you know, nerves, nutrition, you know, sessions and making sure you're getting them um, all done, prehab, anything like that? Yeah, I think, well, for me, I, we lived quite far away from central Auckland. So I lived in a place called Drury, which is probably about 40 minutes from the closest place that I ended up training. Um, and so for me, like traveling was always a big thing. Like it was a, it was a big time commitment and obviously you can't get your license or restricted license, which is um, basically when you're allowed to drive by yourself until you're, I think I was 16 when I, when I got it. And up until then, you know, you're relying on your parents to get you to and from training, which is a huge commitment for them. Um, and then obviously being tall, I think, um, mm. meant that I didn't gain any muscle for quite a while. Um, and that, that also was a bit of a hindrance. So you'd have like a lot of guys who were shorter than me and like a bit stockier. And so for my events in the 50 and the 100, you know, you're required to be probably a bit more powerful than, than yeah. say a distance swimmer and so for those guys that, that obviously see a lot more of an improvement as they kind of built muscle and it was probably not till I was about 18 19 that I started to put on a bit of a bit of weight and get a bit of power so 
which was yeah probably a good thing in terms of my back because <laughs> I probably would have had a back injury if I'd yeah. if I'd put on some weight too early. <laughs> Mate, 2015, as I just mentioned before, and I noted it was a pretty good year for you. I think you won both long course and short course, uh, short course, sorry, national titles. And you know, I think you broke some records in the process there. And then you went and competed uh, in the university games in Guangzhou. Um, and, and you did pretty well over there. Why, why do you think it was such a, a big year for you? Where, where did those results come from, do you think? Um, I think uh, challenging myself, uh, my coach as well, uh, Yana, she was a she was an awesome part of my like success and my like me just kind of getting better and better. She put a lot of time into me, like did went above and beyond for trying to help me out and just facilitating me doing what I was doing. Um, I think she also had like a lot of faith in in me, and I also put a lot of faith in her. Just I think we had quite a good coach to athlete relationship. Um, she would always challenge me as well, and so would kind of bring that out of myself. Like I've obviously got that internal motivation that I think all swimmers need to have to kind of turn up to training and put in the work but she would always bring out the best in that which I really appreciated and I, I think once you get to that point where you can put enough, enough trust into a coach and it's reciprocated you know that you create that like quite powerful relationship that like drives the success so mm. I think I, I owe a lot to her and then obviously I think just I, I was starting to get on top of like nutrition and understanding things like that and I actually up until from 2012 I was studying physio um, full-time as well and so that was a massive time commitment and I actually um, ended up pulling out after doing two years of that Um, and once I pulled out of that I had a lot more time on my hand for a bit of recovery as well and things like that and I think Mm. that just allowed me to kind of be more present in the sessions that I was in and just like bring 100% to every session and once once I was kind of I think I did a year or six months of just complete swimming and put uni on hold for a bit um, before moving to an online study Um, and I think that just kind of put a bit of pressure on me that I needed to be like you know this is what you've chosen to do and you're going to do it well and I think that's kind of where I saw a dramatic increase like I think in that season I dropped like almost a second and a half in the 100 free so it was it was obviously the right decision considering that's what I really wanted to do. Mate, definitely it, it had a great effect because the following year in 2016 uh, at the New Zealand National Champs, you won the 50 free, the 50 back, but you missed qualifying for Rio by four one hundredths of a second. One example of how cruel our sport can be sometimes. Mate, how did you handle, you know, missing out on, on your first Olympic team? Um, yeah, it was obviously pretty rough, but I think I, I kind of took it quite well, weirdly enough, because purely because I think at the time it wasn't a huge expectation of mine if that if that doesn't sound too yeah. bad like for in terms of the plan that we'd set out we'd set, we'd set out what what we wanted to achieve and obviously rio was i'm sorry i took um what was it 2016 16? yeah sorry it was yeah rio yeah um that that was that was a goal like it was on it was on the path but it was it was there as the precursor to tokyo you know so mm-hmm. it was the stepping stone um and but it had kind of come out of out of nowhere because of this whole like 2015 was a, was a big step up for me. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I dropped the time in the morning, I was actually really surprised um, at what had happened at, at the time that I'd kind of produced and I, but I'd also got the New Zealand record, which was huge for me. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, go, go, cause I had the heat swim and then the finals obviously had another chance to do it. And unfortunately went a bit slower, but I, yeah, I, th- I think I took it quite well, but obviously used it as motivation to kind of, to drive me for the next year 
Um, and then the next year I missed out in the heats by 0.01 to make the team to Budapest in 2017 <laughs> and then managed to make the team in the finals. So I felt like I redeemed myself a little bit. <laughs> Man, in terms of that next <coughs> four years, well, it'll end up being five years by the time we get around to Tokyo next year. But ha- how motivating was missing the team in 2016 in terms of your plan moving forward? Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a huge like motivation and I kind of felt like I'd, I'd been a bit cheated in terms of that. Um, and then once I, uh, sorry, I'm losing my headphones. Yeah, it was, yeah, so it was, it was a big motivation and I think, but it also showed me that I, um, that I had, I had what it took to kind of, to make the teams and, mm. and kind of, you know, succeed in that sense. Um, but then also, um, as we discussed beforehand, just the the whole second half of that 2016 year where I went on to do quite well in the short course events as well and then make the world short course team, I think, was a big motivator because if I'd had a whole year off competing, that would have been pretty tough. Mm. So Yeah, yeah mate, was... talk to me about that. You know, the record-breaking 47-3, you went at the FINA Arena uh, World Cup in Hong Kong. Shout out to Arena, a great sponsor <laughs> of the show. Um, no doubt you were flying there, mate. How, how much of this was you just feeling good, racing well, or how much of this was still a little bit of that missing out on the Rio team, adding a bit of fuel in the belly to go faster and not leave anything to chance? Yeah, I think like that's obviously going to be a massive driver for like the rest of my career as, as an athlete. Um, just missing out on that team but and it was obviously in the back of my head but I think I'd also come to the point where you know short course is a little bit less stress on the like a little bit less on the line um, in terms of you know results and stuff like that and that allowed me to relax a bit more and just enjoy racing again because mm-hmm. obviously coming off the back of um, off the back of all of the, the stress of missing out and everything like that it was it was quite a lot and then to, to just go and race and just have a bit of fun race internationally and and like be up against these world-class athletes for pretty much the first time for me because I hadn't really raced like any seeing all these big names in the pool next year. It was, it was a lot of fun and just, it was, I think that whole relaxed, enjoyable atmosphere was what allowed me to perform as well as the motivation to kind of prove myself as well. Mate, as we just touched on there, you love your short course. That's evident in looking through your, your stats and your career, which I did yesterday and the day before. Yeah, what do you enjoy most about it? Is it the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of pressure on it in terms of the results and qualifying for teams, stuff like that? Is it that you're eight foot five and that you do two strokes and you're already at the other end, so it makes it a bit easier? What do you enjoy most about it? Uh, probably as, as bad as it sounds, the fact that it doesn't hurt as much as long course <laughs> racing. <laughs> it's, uh, and I, I, I just feel like I can kind of push myself to different races as well. You know, like the 200, I'm a lot more comfortable in, in racing at short course that rather than long course. You just, you can afford to kind of burn yourself a little bit harder in the first half of the race and, and try to hold on best you can. So mm. I, for some reason, yeah, I've just got a bit more confidence in going into a short course race. That's just, I just and as I said, like I find it more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I don't know, there's something about looking down a 50 meter pool and knowing that for a hundred, you've got to get down there and come back. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty grueling, but you know, yeah, it's it, sure. Yeah. Short course is just, I don't know. I've had a lot of good experiences racing and just the experiences around short course racing have, have been a lot of fun, especially those world cup trips. So they're, they're yeah. awesome. May we know obviously you enjoy it, but obviously you've got to be good at certain things in terms of your skill work and, and your underwater work to be, you know, very successful at, at 
short course racing and 47.3 is a super slick time. So how much underwater and skills work do you do in training? Um, yeah, with Rich, we do quite a bit. Um, when I was back at HBK, we had quite a shallow pool, which kind of made it quite hard. Like we were training in like a meter and a half of water, yeah. uh, 1.2 one end, I think it is. Um, so that was quite like, we'd still do a lot, but it was difficult. So uh, my underwaters are actually quite shocking. I mean, they're, they're adequate, but they're, yeah. they're not definitely not a strength. My swim speed's probably my, my biggest strength. Mm. Um, to 15, I'm okay, but a lot of that's momentum off the blocks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the underwater's actually recently been a big working of mine um, through this last eight weeks that we've been um, been back in the water. Um, mm. Me and a teammate of mine, Alex, I've, I've been trying to ask him for some tips lately on on, on that because his are uh, incredible. So <laughs> try, it's good that I've got someone that I can kind of compare to that's in the squad and he can he can give me some pointers and, and we can do some like in-session racing and stuff like that. But in terms of racing, do you have any pre-race rituals? I know in talking to a lot of athletes at the moment, they'll tell me that they don't because the sports psychologist says to not have them because it's not a good thing. If things don't go right, then it throws your whole head out. But do you have any things that you need to do? Might even be the night before racing. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a few that I'll actually funny to bring a sports psych up enough. We've, I've got a sports psych, Dave Neath, who I've been working with for, well, since 2016, really, 2015, 2015. And um, yeah, we've, he's set me up with a few rituals, not not so much that are a necessity, yeah. um, but a few things like centering and things like that, that just help calm the nerves and, and kind of center the energy that you've, that you've got. Um, and But I, I'm kind of the, the same, like I'll never have an exact warm up that I'll do. I've never got like an exact ritual that I'll follow just because if I don't know for some reason like schedule's running early or something and I can't exactly fit in everything that I have to do for warm-up mm. I don't all of a sudden think in the back of my mind oh I have to do that like I haven't done it I'm, I'm gonna have a bad race kind of thing um that's kind of how I've set myself up I don't I don't know if that's normal or, or weird <laughs> but that's just yeah so something that I've done that means that it's one other thing that's not going to hinder me during a race like I know that if I've been in the water and I've done, you know, at least 800 meters that I'll be, I'll be feeling fine and I'm ready to race. And what about pre-race playlists? What music do you listen to before you, uh, you head out? Uh, normally some sort of hip hop or, or R&B rap kind of thing. Um, J Cole's one of my go-to artists. So he's, he's probably my most listened to. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, but either that or some sort of heavy rock to kind of, if I'm feeling really flat, have, have a double shot of coffee and, and yep. some rock and chuck out and <laughs> get the head bouncing. Get ready to race. <laughs> some noise uh, cancelling headphones do well. <laughs> Mate, although you're a, a Kiwi, 2018 Com Games was essentially a home games for you because you'd, you'd spent a couple of years, um, or you'd spent a bit of time training there. How excited were you to race on the Gold Coast where you train? And, and what was the atmosphere like? Um, yeah, well, for, for me at the time, I actually wasn't training the quite yet, but... Yeah. Um, obviously, I'd been there for for a month beforehand. Oh, it was Com Games was probably the best couple of weeks of my life. Honestly, it was it was the, it was such a fun meet. I think we we were lucky enough to come over as a staging camp, so we were up in Noosa for about a week and a half beforehand. And the the team, the guys that we were with, just got along super well. Like we were with the relay team plus Brad Ashby, mm. um, and then we were we were grouped up with the paraguide, a few of the paraguides as well. And all of us that were there just got like glued straight away, had an awesome time. And I think just everyone's headspace was in like the perfect place for that, for that meet. Um, and that just led up to some awesome racing. Once we got into the village, you know, you get around the team and everything like that. And New Zealand team is, I, I think, one of the best in the world. Like it's just everyone's 
no one's above anyone else. You've got people there that it's like their fourth or fifth Commonwealth Games. You've got, you know, veterans, gold, Olympic gold medalists and stuff like that, but they're always, always so high, you know, no yeah. one's, no one's kind of above anyone. Um, so just that was the first kind of proper village experience that I'd had with multi sports. Like I'd done aquatics villages and things like that, but Oh, and then I, mean, I guess I did World Uni Games, but in terms of having like a full strength New Zealand team there and you're seeing all these people around and it was it was an awesome experience. And just, yeah, as you said, the home crowds, like when we were racing, there was if there was no Aussie in the race, like you were getting all the cheer from the Aussie crowd as well. So mm-hmm. it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. I think it was the 50 fly one, either my, either my heat or my um, semi-final, we had, um, we had, there was no Aussies in, in my heat. And the noise from the crowd was just ridiculous. Like it was a 10,000 person outdoor stadium and yeah. it was, it was incredible. Mate, it always so, sounds good on a nice, uh, warm, sunny day, the outdoor pool, but was it, did you have to race on any days where it wasn't so nice? Um, I, it was definitely a night. It was, it was either the hundred free night or the four by one free relay. It was raining one night. And I, I remember, well, I distinctly remember, I think it was um, Lewis's 400 IN night actually as well was raining. Um, the, the night that he won the won the medal, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a few days, and I think the worst the worst was actually the the hundred free relay when we were um, doing our heat. It was like eleven thirty in the middle of like in the middle of the day on the Gold Coast, and it was like forty degrees inside the arena because <laughs> the arena is all there. It blocks off all the wind, yeah. And so I remember jumping on the blocks and actually having to jump back down and splash water on the blocks because you couldn't stand it's on it. Too it was hot. so hot, yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, it was there. There was definitely some extremes, you know. You had that, and then at night, sort of be freezing cold, and you'd be walking out like full. Like I think I had like jumper on, jacket on, full tracksuit. <laughs> so it's yeah, there was there was definitely some variance. But I, uh, racing in an outdoor pool was awesome. Mate, talk to me about your coach, Richard Scarce. What, what's he like as a coach, and how's he helped take your career to the next level? <laughs> Richard's awesome. He's uh, he's. He's the guy you want at five o'clock in the morning because he just keeps you kind of motivated. He'll be yelling at you from the side. Some some mornings you definitely don't want it. <laughs> There's definitely definitely some mornings where it's like, all right, Rich, you can you can you can settle down now. <laughs> yeah. We're doing we're doing you know easy four hundred. He's he's telling us ways that we can go faster and, and things like that. Um, but he he brings so much energy to the pool and really brings out the best in, in all of us as a group. I think. Um, he's never afraid to kind of, you know, if you're, if you're going a bit slow, he'll call you out for it. He'll, you know, ask if everything's all good, but at the same time, you know, if he can, if he thinks he can help, help out with getting you go faster in a session, or if he thinks you're not doing your best you can, he'll, he's not afraid to let you know it. Mm. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of, obviously I'm international and he's never once kind of, you know, given me less attention than, than another one in the squad. So he just treats me like one, one of the boys. So. He's, yeah, he's been awesome and, yeah, just challenging myself and, and kind of bringing the best out of me as an athlete. Do you cop any stick within the squad for being a Kiwi? Oh, every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> but, no, that's, that's all right. It's, just, it's all part of the banter. It's good fun. Because <laughs> I've, yeah, been, I've been reliably right. told, mate, by uh, your training mate, Alex Graham, who uh, I've had on the podcast, so I keep in touch with and sent him a text last night. Is there any questions that I can ask Dan on the, on the podcast? And he, he said that you seem to be always grumpy. Is there, is there any truth to that? Yeah, all right. I'll send you a video of him on Monday mornings and we can see who the grumpy one is. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, no, he, he, no we, we get along well. We've got a good squad at the moment. Everyone, Everyone's uh, 
on a very level playing field and, and everyone wants everyone to, to perform well. So, I mean, we've yeah, been back in, lucky enough to be back in the water for eight weeks and I reckon spirits are real high at the moment, which is good considering we've got nothing that's, you know, building up to specifically anything at the moment. So, tough times and I think you're doing really well. Hey, what's that like living with uh, fellow NZ team member Matt Stanley? Has that been a help to you, you know, living away from New Zealand? Mate, what's it like uh, living with fellow NZ teammate Matt Stanley? Has that helped in terms of living away from home? Um, yeah, Matt, Matt's awesome. And it's obviously, I, I find it really good because we're, like, you know, we're competitive against each other. Um, so we, we kind of, you know, give each other a bit of stick and like, oh, yeah, like how, how's training going? Kind of like, you know, throwing a bit of chat in there about one-upping each other and, and things like that. But um, he's he's awesome. He's he's really good fun. We get along really well. A lot of like things in common in terms of like surfing and things like that. Um, he's a real good cook, so he he keeps <laughs> me on the uh, on the healthy side of, of eating. So that's always good. What's um, his then, What's his specialties? Or specialties? Honestly, a lot of things. Slow cooked, uh, slow cooked pork or lamb oh, are pretty awesome. Nice. He does, he does really well. I'd say those are his, his best dishes. Um, or, or I think Nick's favourite are his, uh, his nachos. <laughs> nachos are so, good. Yeah, yeah. So, he, but he does a lot of good, a lot of good dishes, which is, which is good fun. Um, what, and, what yeah. about yourself, though? Do you, what do you, when you pitch in, what, what do you cook? Oh, I, made, I made a pretty good uh, salmon linguine last night, but that was the first time I've cooked in a while. Um, yeah. That or I think my specialty would be um, the boys like my um, mushroom sauce for like a creamy mushroom sauce for steaks. Yeah, for steaks. Very nice. Yeah. So. Get me ready for lunch, mate. You're talking all this food <laughs> stuff. Um, talk to me about last year's world champs in Guangzhou. Um, the meet as a whole had a lot going on. Controversies, world records, and, and it was a pretty quick meet um, all in all with some of the racing we saw. What about for yourself personally? How, how did you look back on that? Uh, yeah, I... I went in with it uh, kind of really focused on that 200 free. I've been doing a lot of different training to kind of prepare myself for that. Um, it was the, also the first time for us that we'd done, because we did trials in June and then had a month off, pretty well, not a month off, sorry, a month of preparation before racing again. And, and uh, I think it was early August, was it, uh, for, for, for Worlds. Um, so it was, it was quite awesome to kind of get kind of or just see how the body would react to that um i found it actually quite good i I raced well at trials i pb'd the 200 free um and then was able to pretty much reciprocate that time um in the four by two relay obviously you've got the relay start so i was a little bit faster than what my individual time was and it was yeah it roughly translated to what what i've done at trials. so to kind of back it up straight away was was pretty awesome for me um i was a little bit disappointed i think with my 100 free individual swim I kind of wanted it to be a bit faster than that. And like, given how I'd been training, I think I probably should have been a bit faster than that. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just difficult to get up in the morning, which is just something that I've, I'm normally all right at, at getting up and like doing a good time in the morning. Cause that, that's been a big working of, of mine to try and, you know, perform in the morning and just make the, make the final. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a little bit disappointed with that, but it was an awesome meet. The crowd was, was pretty insane. Um, once again, like the village and stuff was, was pretty cool. Um, the food was, uh, <laughs> it was a bit, awkward. a lot of, a lot of kimchi. <laughs> so, but, um, but no, it was, it was a really cool meet. And then obviously, like you said, like there was incredible swimming going on. So to be able to witness that live was, 
was pretty incredible. Obviously, watched uh, watched my teammate become a um, a world champion in the four by two relay, so that mm. was incredible to watch as well. So that was a pretty awesome end to the meet. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, it was an awesome experience. What what do you get up to away from the pool, mate? When when you're not training and we're not going up and down the black line, what do you like to do away from the pool to to get your mind off it all? Um, at the moment, I've been I've been trying to surf quite a bit. Now that all leading up to a meet and stuff, I'll try and steer clear of it just because mm. it's I feel like it's a risky sport for me because I'm not <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, I don't want to take a board to the head halfway through and then miss out on a few sessions. Yeah. Um, but and and then aside from that, I've I've been walking quite a bit as well, listening to podcasts like we were talking earlier. Yeah. Um, try and get a few of those in. Um, and Have you listened then, to any yeah, of off the blocks? Those, yeah, I have listened to a couple. I had to, I had to listen to Alex's to kind of Good to give things stick about it. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people say no to that. I always ask them off air before we start. I always ask, and there are a few people go, "Oh no, I just haven't had a chance." I say, "Okay, fair enough." So good save there. Yeah, well I've got a bit of time on my hands, <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right. Especially at the moment with lockdown and everything, it's been quite a good little thing to listen to. Yeah, um, and then I'm also studying a business degree part time as well, so that kind of keeps me keeps me entertained as well. Um, and that's online through Massey University in New Zealand. So it's a correspondence degree. Mm. How do you find the balance with that? So obviously elite training takes up a lot of time. Um, you know, if we're not in the pool, you're in the gym. And if you're not in the gym, you know, you're stretching and there's always prehab, rehab. There's a lot of stuff that goes into you guys being at your very best. How do you find the balance with yeah. that? And then doing, um, you know, the training side of it, online training, any studies? Yeah, I, I, I'm lucky enough to be doing a part-time degree. So it's actually only two papers per semester, which is mm. which is quite manageable. And now that it's kind of that, instead of what I was doing physio and that was full-time study, which was incredibly hard to maintain at the same time as swimming. Um, but doing the part-time, it's actually quite nice to kind of, you know, have something that you've got away from the pool where you can just kind of mentally reset and it's like it's something completely different and you just, otherwise you're just constantly stressing over swimming because that's mm. the only thing that you're really, you know, working towards. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's nice to just be able to kind of reset, shift your focus to something else. And I was actually, I remember studying when we were at Com Games, actually, we were at the, um, we were at the uh, staging camp in Noosa and just, you know, having, I had an assignment due at the time. And at the time I was like, you know, it's a hindrance, I've, I've got to get this done. But at the same time, it's like, if you have a bad session, you just switch off, switch to study mode and you yeah. can just kind of work on that and churn some stuff out. And that can kind of just be, be your escape and you can take your mind off it for a bit. So it definitely has its times where it's, you know, like tough, like when you're coming into exam period. Last year we had exams and um, trials were on at the same week, on the same week. Mm. So I had to get like exemptions and stuff. And that was obviously a little bit stressful, but it's pretty manageable. Hannah McLean, who's uh, been set up as our life advisor, um, is awesome with helping us deal with that sort of stuff and, and takes a lot of the stress off. So, yeah, mm. we get helped out. We get helped out quite a bit. Very nice. But in that sense, because they, they really do try and encourage that study. Yeah. Mate, I, I like to finish all of our chats with some less serious questions um, and just to get to know you a little bit more. And I, I think the, these sort of questions give us a little bit more of an insight into what you're like away from the pool. So I'm going to give you just rapid fire and then you just um, throw out what, uh, what first comes to your head. So first oh, one is... <laughs> But that's what the editing's for, so it's all good. <laughs> um, favorite music? What do you What do you like to listen to? Uh, yeah, like I said before, probably J. Cole's my most listened to. Yeah, 
What about favorite movie? Uh, anything with Will Ferrell. Have you seen the new one on, on uh, Netflix? I haven't watched it yet, but the Eurovision one? No, I haven't. I saw I saw another one, which was uh, The House, which was yep. about them setting up a casino, which okay. was quite entertaining, but very Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother watched uh, Eurovision and he said, I've got to watch it. He thought it was hilarious. So I'll definitely have to yeah. give that one a watch. Um, what about your favorite meal? Obviously, you guys, especially, you know, swimmers, they love their feeds. What, what's your favorite meal? Favorite meal? Oh, I reckon one of mum's Sunday night roasts are pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> they're can't beat they're, hard, they're hard to miss, man. They're, they're, they're blooming good. Um, or one of the pies from the boys. The boys have a, have a pie shop. Okay. Or like meat, meat pies. And yeah. Those are pretty good, easy snacks to, to have. <laughs> Very nice. Um, Don't know about nutrition, though. No, it's probably not great for nutrition, but it's great to have if I'm sitting on the hill watching the footy with a can in my hand. I do love a good yeah, meat pie. Yeah, or waking pie. up on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what about you? You visited uh, um, some, some great countries. What are some of your favourites that you've, you've been able to get to? Uh, I reckon the, the standout one for me was 2017 in Budapest. That trip was incredible. That, yeah. that whole... Um, just in, uh, like experiencing that whole place and like some of like just going through Budapest and seeing the difference between there and, and, and like over here is just so dramatically different mm. in terms of like architecture, you know, the way that life goes about and, and things like that. Um, I really like parts of Asia, like Singapore's incredible. Japan's really awesome. Yeah. Amazing food in Japan. Um, we, we were lucky enough to be our staging camp for la, or the last couple of years has been in Kobe which is famous, obviously, for Kobe beef. I don't know if you've heard about that, mm. um, but it's, it's world-renowned beef. And we, we got to try some of that, and it was something like $80 for, like, 60 grams of beef. <laughs> and that was for, like, a low cut. Yeah. Um, and so that was incredible. Um, those are probably my top, my top ones that, I've, that would stand out. Uh, 2015, went to Dubai, which was pretty incredible. Mm. Um, just to kind of see, you know, some of the architecture that's been that goes on there, and just the development of this city that's just in the middle of a desert, <laughs> like yeah. flying over it. You know, you're just like going along, and there's desert, 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 and then all of a sudden, there's just this huge city, and they've got like these beautiful green golf courses and courses and things like that. And it's just like the amount of money that must go into this place is ridiculous. <laughs> Don't know how going Dubai that you're not allowed to drink over there, are you? Uh, you can. But it's yeah, it's kind of limited to specific drinking areas, okay, and they're kind of find they're, those areas. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we. Well, I, that was our last stop of the World Cups in 2015. Yeah, and we, I went and got a beer by the pool after racing, of course. Mm. And it was, uh, I think, it was 40 bucks for a pint of Heineken. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was expensive. <laughs> what about uh, mate? Your favorite TV shows to binge watch? What do you like to get amongst? Oh, um, Peaky Blinders is probably the my standout. That was that was a brilliant show um, mm. that I've watched, and then I've recently just been rewatching Rick and Morty. <laughs> For my that's my kind of switch off, chuck <laughs> yeah. it on, and just in the background, and not have to not have to think about too much. So that's that's quite an entertaining one. Are you a gamer? What what are some of your favorite games to play? Yeah, I've been playing uh, Warzone quite a bit through lockdown. It's been okay. keeping me keeping me sane. Um, I had to do uh, two weeks in the hotel coming back to Oz from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two weeks of complete isolation where wasn't wasn't even allowed to leave the room. I had no balcony, no windows. Like oh, I had a window but couldn't open it. So yeah. I was like literally locked in a room, and that was a bit of a saviour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so jump on jump on with the boys and get a few games out. So 
Yeah. Mate, what about one of your favorite quotes? Obviously, um, you've had a few coaches in your time and obviously national coaches and all this sort of stuff. Have you heard any great quotes from, from coaches that you thought, Oh, I love that one. Oh no, I don't have any off the top of my head for that one. <laughs> nah, it's all good. What are you it doing is all Rich good, Skiers? mate. Hey, what are you doing by Rich Skiers? <laughs> <laughs> mate, when we redo this chat in uh, say two to three years time, what accomplishments would you like me to be adding to that intro? And obviously already it's a, it's a pretty good one, you know, national record holder, world champs. You've been to Commonwealth games, but what would you like me to be adding at the top there? Um, I think obviously the big driver for me at the moment is making that Olympic team, mm. um, which was supposed to be this year, but next year now, um, that's, that's my main motivator at the moment. So that, and then um, my goal is, so I've only done two years of my physio degree and I really want to go back and finish that off because it's something that really interests me. Obviously being an athlete and, and things like that, um, the musculoskeletal side really interests me. So I, if I can finish that off in the next few years would be pretty awesome. Um, but that'll obviously mean that uh, swimming will have to take a back seat for a while. So not necessarily stop swimming, but maybe focus on the 50 where I can do a bit more training in the gym and not, not so, so much of a commitment in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Now, mate, so, I'm um, I, I'm talking to your housemate tomorrow, Matt Stanley. Have you got oh, yeah. any questions for him? Have you got a question for me to to pass on tomorrow for him? Oh, you don't. I'll send you one later. Okay, it might not right. be appropriate. For you, <laughs> <but it's there. laughs> All right, you send it to me. I'll uh, I'll make it PG and I'll, I'll bring it up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I would I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to hang out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, too easy, mate. Now, listen. I think that's a perfect chance to. To wrap it up, I firstly want to thank you for agreeing to come on. I know you guys are, you know, getting back into normal training now. So I do appreciate you taking the time to come on and have a chat. And I hope a lot of uh, listeners, both New Zealand and Australians, get behind you and, and the New Zealand team after hearing this. And obviously, um, you know, you guys are doing phenomenal work at the moment. And hopefully we can stay in touch and, and maybe get you back on next year, mate, in the lead up to the trials for another chat. But until then, thank you very much for coming on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks heaps for having me, Robbie. Appreciate it. Hope you have a good one. You too, buddy. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. Don't forget to head over and check out our YouTube page to catch all the fantastic interviews you may have missed from Season 3 so far. Go there, like, and subscribe to stay up to date with all the latest news from the podcast. Keep your podcast fixed right here this week as we still have heaps more stars coming your way and you will not want to miss a minute of the action. Until tomorrow, though, guys, have a great day. Remember to smile and laugh, please. And it's bye for now. I just want to be with you.